Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, delighted to be joined by John Lee Dumas. I got the chance to sit down with him for 15 minutes and ask him eight questions. For anyone not familiar with John, let me take 30 to 45 seconds to explain who John is. John is the host of what I would consider the number one business podcast in the world, Entrepreneurs on Fire. He's been doing it for over a decade, generated almost $20 million in that space of time. One thing that caught my attention about John in the last three years since I started following him was his transparency about his monthly income and outcome expenditure reports. And he's been consistent with that since I followed him. But you might not know John from that. What you might know him from is his podcast where he interviews the likes of Tony Robbins, Barbara Corcoran, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss. The list goes on. Over 3,000 episodes, 100 million downloads, and currently averaging 1.4 million downloads every single month to date. So in this episode, as I said, I ask him eight specific questions. Enjoy. And let's jump into the podcast. Eight questions, 15 minutes. Two minutes per question. I got it. Excellent. Question number one. If you were tomorrow morning woke up and given the title of adding one mandatory subject to the high school curriculum, what subject would it be and why? It would be on basic finance. To me, it is absolutely disgusting that we teach our kids trigonometry in high school, but we don't teach them how to balance a checkbook, how to understand what debt is how to even open up a bank account. Like these are the basic fundamentals that people need to survive in this world. And we're putting them out there with no clue. They're getting taken advantage of. They're getting put into massive debt before they even know what debt is. It's a really sad, sad world out there when we can't even teach our kids the basics of living smart. Nice. Second question. If we rewind to kind of pre-18 year old John, I've asked this question to previous guests. People can usually pick a handful of people, teachers, acquaintances, friends, family relatives who've had a massive impact on their early years that shaped the person they were today. Does any one or two people spring to mind for you? And if so, who are they? They would honestly be people who I've never met in person before. It would be the authors of some of the greatest books that I've read. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, Dale Carnegie's books. I mean, those are the kind of mentors that from being in a, from a very small town in Maine with a very small town mindset, that I was able to learn from people who have spoken to some of the most genius, successful, inspiring individuals of generations past, sometimes centuries past. So I like going to the top. And to me, the top is the best books of our generation and past generations. And those are some of the people that I love speaking uh, with and learning from. I've done a bit of research for this podcast and I noticed in the background of some of your videos, you had the 75 hard on a whiteboard. I don't know if that's something you're still doing or done. So if you've done it, what did you get from it? And if you're doing it, how are you getting on and what are you getting from it? Yeah. So 75 hard, I've done it twice now successfully. Um, both times I've had to restart um, in the teens. So that's, that's always kind of demoralizing when you get to like 17 days and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, I didn't quite get done everything on the 75 hard. Can I just, can this be day 18? You're like, no, it actually, it can't. And it kind of becomes like this challenge. You just 
refuse to lose upon. So I loved it. You know, it was, you know, something that I felt very accomplished after getting done with the 75 day hard for the two times that I've now done it successfully. I haven't done it in well over a year now, but the times that I've done it have been very enjoyable, you know, doing the the two workouts a day and, you know, drinking, you know, the gallon of water and all the other things that come with 75 hard. I mean, it just instills these non-negotiable habits in you. And you make, it makes you realize that you can do it. Like you can do that. You can do essentially everything. It's just a matter of committing first. Chatting with Stephen Bure, the guy who brought Apple to Europe, essentially, uh, worked very closely with Steve Jobs. He now lives in Ireland, which is where I'm based. You can probably tell by the accent. He said that time for the individual is a trait that he believes successful entrepreneurs have in common. So for you, what's a successful trait that you think entrepreneurs have in common? Productivity. For me, the most successful entrepreneurs are the most productive entrepreneurs. And a lot of people think they're productive, but they're not. They're just busy. They're just busy running around in circles, doing things they shouldn't be doing in the first place. Productive entrepreneurs produce the right content. That's the sign of winners. They are producing the right content day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, and in my case, year-to-year, now even coming up on decade-to-decade. That's the sign of successful entrepreneurs being productive. Question four, there's many blind spots in running a business. Depending on the size of the business, it could be not having a common sales language or not focusing on lead generation, even not hiring or building your bench. For you, running your business, what's a blind spot that you or a road bump that you ran into and have seen many other people with a similar size business run into over and over again? And you almost want to scream at them saying, if you just got over this road bump, your business would be in a much better position financially. Incorrectly incentivizing their team. I mean, team is so important. It's so critical. And when you cannot incentivize your team the right way, they're going to be looking for other opportunities. They're going to be less motivated. They're not going to produce the level that you want them to produce. So these are people that are the lifeblood of your business. And you've got to incentivize them correctly. And everybody has different things that incentivize them differently, things that motivate them in a different way. So if you don't know the main lever that you can pull with each one of your, um, each one of the individuals on your team that's going to incentivize them in a meaningful way, you're screwing up. You're going to lose that person. Churn kills businesses, looking for people, interviewing people, hiring people, training people. That is such a time, energy, bandwidth, financial suck on every single company that has to go through it. So when you get somebody that's amazing, you've got to make sure that they are correctly incentivized. It doesn't always mean money. It doesn't always mean time off. It means something different for every single person, but incentivize that individual correctly. Traveling, something you've done a lot of previous ventures, and I'm sure personally as well. Um, how do you think traveling, meeting new people, diving into different cultures has shaped you in a positive way, both personally and professionally? Everybody just loves to compare themselves to what they know, to people that are surrounding them, their their neighbors. You know, it's called keeping up with the Joneses here in the States. I mean, it's like, oh, did you see like, like Sarah and John got a new car? Like we should probably get a new car. And you just like get in this bubble. And the same thing happens in the entrepreneurship, even the online marketing world, where you just start comparing yourself to like other podcasters or other online marketers or other SEO experts. And then it's just like the same ideas just get regurgitated and, and that's a problem. But when you travel, you get out of your comfort zone, you get outside of the box and you are just hit with different ideas, different ways of doing things, different ways of looking at things. 
And that's so critical. So that's the biggest thing that I love about traveling. And one reason why actually in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be in Istanbul, Turkey, because it's just different. It's different culture, different people, different vibes, different ways of like education, like all these things. And you don't know like what one thing you're going to see here or experience could have a profound impact on what you do. Gary V uh, is more often misinterpreted as someone who uh, sleeps very little. What's a common misconception about you that you wish people didn't believe? Uh, that I work really hard because I really don't. I work five days per month, period. Now, if I was Gary Vaynerchuk with his aspiration, I would be working 30 days per month like he works. And you know he does very publicly say that he goes to sleep at 12 uh you know, PM and, or sorry, 12 midnight and wakes up at 7 AM. So he's getting good amount of sleep for sure, but I'm going to bed at nine 15. I mean, I am beating Gary to the bed by three hours and I'm sleeping as late as he sleeps until seven. So, I mean, like I am way over prioritizing sleep because I think it's one of the most important things that I could do, but you know, that's not the direct answer to your question. The, the, the direct answer to your question is for me that I work hard. Cause again, I really, have come up with systems and tools and automations over the years that now allow me in my 10th year in business to work five days per month. Now, mind you, those five days that I'm working, this being one of those, I work really hard. I am back to back from morning until evening and I am crushing it. I am productive going back to what we talked about earlier. I am producing the right content. I am being efficient, effective. I'm making it happen. But the other 25, 26 days a month, I'm literally not quote unquote working. I mean, I'm, I'm doing things in life, obviously, but I'm not working. In fact, in two weeks when I leave for Istanbul, I'm gone for a month and I'm going to be checked out of the business. I'm not even going to be working for those 30 days that I'm gone at all. But guess what my team is? Because they're systemized. They know what they're doing. They're correctly incentivized. And that allows me to do that. And I'm not trying to build a billion dollar company. I'm not trying to buy the New York Jets. I'm just trying to, keep my revenue in the multi-millions per year, be smart with my money and live a great life down here in Puerto Rico. Awesome. Final question for you. I believe that we should always be learning. We should never not be in that learning mode. Uh, what's something that you learned in 2021 that you're going to carry into 2022 with you? In real life will always matter. I do feel like a lot of people think they can replace almost everything with virtual, with the metaverse, with X, with Y, with Z. And I think it can replace a lot, but it's never going to completely replace, you know, what we really at the core crave as humans, which is connection, community, touch, feel, being close to each other, feeling each other's energy. And I think that's what 2021 really proved to me is that, man, I'm, I'm really appreciating those, those times of togetherness that I really took for granted in the past. Awesome. John, thanks for being a guest today and enjoy your time in Istanbul. Adios, brother. Thank you. Take care, man. Beautiful morning. Beautiful morning, baby.